Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm Abby. And you're listening to The Inspiration Station, the podcast where we help you to take your next steps. Whether you're looking for an apprenticeship, leaving school, or need some extra guidance on taking your next steps, we're here to help. Each episode, we'll give you our top tips and advice to help you on your journey, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, guys, to today's podcast. I have with me John and Carl. Let's get on with the question, shall we? I mean, we've met before, we've helped us out at schools before, the pair of you, which has been amazing. Um, so congratulations as well, because obviously the Army have been uh, voted the top oh. apprenticeship provider, haven't they? Again. Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. How many years is it? Well, it's been a few years running now, yeah. so we're always doing better, so we are moving out into the communities and stuff about giving as many education apprenticeships out as possible to people who do actually join us, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, every job role comes with its own attached apprenticeship programme, and over the years it's it's obviously changed from the time that me and John would have done our apprenticeships now. Mm. For people coming into the army, it'll be much more focused on what that apprenticeship means on civilian street as well, so it'll transition a lot better for people after their service, as well yeah. as you know, having that proven experience of completing that apprenticeship. Over 85% of professional soldiers that join up to the British Army achieve their apprenticeship in MEQ programmes. Obviously, we support them throughout that and through the developing and nurturing process as well, yeah. with the mentors that we do put into play while working with our industry partners. Yeah, because I know that um, you guys can have, you've got access to an awful lot. I mean, I know when I spoke to you at the Careers Fair, like you've done about four or four, you, I think, when I'd spoken to you. No, 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 three. So I've done a um, apprenticeship or MVQ level two in uh, mecha- engineering, mechanical engineering, that is. Yeah. I've done an MVQ level three in IT telecoms communication professionals. And then I've done a MVQ level three in teaching and mentoring. So, and that that's the ones I've been able to do in my you know nine and a half years in. So yeah. I've been able to get you know not just all the other stuff I've done in my divorce career, but just focusing on apprenticeships. Those are the ones I've been able to achieve in my time in. Amazing. I've got yourself, John. Have you done many? Um, done quite a few, mainly in aircraft maneuvering, ramp services, mainly aviation related uh, programs I've done. Um, including working with our industry partners that we do purchase our aircraft and stuff like that from as well. Mm. So say that I'll lead on to doing our degrees and stuff like that later on. Obviously, clear everybody done my management ones in CLM and IOM as well. Oh, okay, amazing. So there's with the army then. So for these for the young people that are listening, obviously there's so many different avenues to go to. So you don't need to give me the background obviously of the army, but you've got a huge variety of. I suppose departments and areas that people can go and work in. So yeah. could you talk us through just a few of those just to give people an idea of what they could maybe go into rather than being just the foot soldier they might imagine they could end up being well essentially we've got over 220 different job roles over seven different career streams so ideally um, a career stream that someone would like to do potentially later on in civilian life is what they might actually like to do in the army if that makes sense Mm. uh, along with that yeah it's it's quite there are so many diverse opportunities inside the armed forces so it's hard to pinprick one but like john said we have career streams and those main career streams revolve around Obviously, the combat side, like you said, that's the most seen one, the most popular one. Yeah. However, for every one combat soldier, you need seven support soldiers, you know, in different roles yeah. in the army. And that can range from engineering to medical to HR, finance, logistics and supply, or intelligence, IT and telecoms. And in each one of those different career streams, there's a multitude of different roles. So, yeah. for example, on the engineering career stream you've got the royal engineers mm-hmm. you've got the royal electromechanical engineers and inside the royal electromechanical engineers you'll have avionic technicians you'll have electronic technicians you'll have vehicle mechanics you'll have recovery mechanics so everything on city street you can imagine has its own job role specific into the army as well because the army needs to be self-sustaining when we're out yeah. on exercises and operations 
you know, you don't just see the infantry doing their thing, not being supported by anyone else. You've yeah. got this whole support structure, this whole logistic structure built behind that to make sure and ensure people can do their jobs. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a chat off mm-hmm. uh, before we even started this. We have a quick chat about one of the most important things, and that is the food that you get in the army. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So your claim is you're the best brownies ever in the army, is that right? Absolutely. Army chefs do make some of the best brownies around, so they do, absolutely, including our famous chocolate fudge cake, as I said. Had it several times on exercise and in operations and various other things. I've even had it before when I'm in places in Wales such as Breck and our Salisbury Plain. And essentially, I've had a full English breakfast essentially cooked for you there and then on the spot at the same time. Some of the best burgers I've had prepared for me was actually done by army chefs. And that was done in an army field kitchen and various other things like that. Like I said, we do spend a lot of time working outside in the outside mm-hmm. environment, including working potentially in many different countries, doing humanitarian work, peacekeeping and various other things that we do do. Yeah. And obviously, clearly, we do feed and look after the men and women that do work for us quite well. It's one way of keeping everyone um, fit and ready to go to do the job at hand, at the same time to also keep morale at the correct state it wants meant to be at as well. So like I said, yeah. food is a very good thing to fuel us, to give us the energy we need, the vitamins, the nutrition, and various other things like that. So absolutely 100%. Uh, you can get some of the best food available to you in yeah. the army. And you said about the ration packs and stuff as well. Did you say you had sticky toffee pudding in a ration yeah, pack? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Treacle pudding. All day breakfast, vegetarian yeah. ones as well. So with the, you know, going on to the ration packs and the food that the army do have to supply, it's also supplied in formats of, you know, halal yeah. or, you know, of other, if you are of another religion or priest, there is a ration pack or there is a food alternative for you to have that even on the 24-hour packs because the army needs to be inclusive into who it's taking in as well and who yeah. works with it. Yeah. But the, the field kitchens are actually great. With yeah. the Royal Logistics Corps, one of the jobs inside the Royal Logistics Corps is a chef. So there are trained soldiers who learn how to be a chef to cook for hundreds of people out in the field. But the job that they do is amazing when they get the chance yeah. to do it and come out and exercise. It's like the biggest barbecue ever, isn't it? Honestly, outside. Yeah. 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 You, see, you see them digging holes <laughs> and containers out and cooking inside. Honestly, the food mm. they make under the conditions is amazing. So I see you guys then go out now and do careers, which is how I've met you. You've yeah. careers with me going to schools and things like that. So you've both started off somewhere in the army and had your own role through. What, what kind of paths did you guys follow, if I can ask that? So I um, chose the job to work in the Army Air Corps, which is an aviation background, if that makes sense. Uh, we refuel and rearm battlefield aircraft. Yeah. And as I say, uh, we do operate all over um, essentially all over the world, also in the UK as well, if that makes sense, conducting yeah. our operations, whether that be humanitarian, peacekeeping, anti-poaching, disaster relief, and various other things like that. It's a very um, interesting environment to work with. Clearly, we work with a lot of modern technology, modern aircraft, and various other um, airframes, if that makes sense. But it's not only my own job role I work within. I work uh, with their other services, such as the Royal Navy, the Royal Marines, and the RAF together at the same time as part of an aviation task force. Right. And as I say, we work in many different countries, and we do quite uh, operate, we do it all together uh, collectively. As I say, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. we have worked heavily. Um, in the UK, doing quite a lot of work recently as well. Amazing. And you've been in nine, sorry, how long have you been for? Uh, 17 and a half years. 17 and a half years, yeah. amazing. And no thought of like, is this not for me at all? <laughs> I need absolutely, to retire. I've been in the army for more than half of my life. And I plan to stay in until I've completed my full um, service, if that makes sense. Get your full pension. And how long is a full service? Sorry, I'll come in a second. Yeah. I'm coming back to you. Um, how long is a full service for those interested? So, um, for myself, it's a full 22-year career. However, you do have the option to stay on for an extra uh, two years up until you're 24. I did join the Army before I was at the age of 18. So, right. I'll be doing slightly longer, if that makes sense, mm. um, with that. 
okay, okay, good. Right, so nine years you said, didn't you? Nine and a half, yeah, nine yep. and a half. Um, I, you know, a career inside the armed forces is, is unlike anything that mm. you'll ever have. So when you do join a job role, you don't remain stagnant in that job role. For example, when I joined, I joined as a tank crew um, inside of the Royal Armoured Corps. Um, the regiment I joined was at the time 912 Royal Lancers, who soon amalgamated in 2015 to become the Royal Lancers. Um, Did you drive the tank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the tanks. Yeah, well, it was a CVRT, so combat vehicle reconnaissance tract. So right, okay. everyone refers to it as a smaller tank. But that was my job for a few years, and then you kind of progress into different roles. So obviously, I'm not going to be a tank crewman, tank driver for my whole life. Um, but in the Armoured Corps, you specialise down three routes. So you do signals, you do gunnery, and you do driver and maintenance. But every role is diverse into its own thing. So I went down operator after I became a driver, after I became an operator, I was a dismount. When I was a dismount, I went on to an Atlee Tech Guarded Weapons course, um, yeah. operating a Javelin missile. And then after that, I went down more of a communication route. So I'd done my advanced signals course, becoming an advanced signaler inside of the squadron headquarters. After I'd done that, I kind of found my niche with working with Bowman Communication Systems. Yeah. Um, and that found that's where I wanted to kind of professionalise down. So as a tank crewman, that's when I'd done my level two in um, mechanical engineering. When I'd done yeah. my advanced six, that's when I'd done my level three in IT telecoms communication. Um, then done my regimental signals instructors qualification so I could teach people how to utilise communication systems. And that's when yeah. I got onto my MBQ and teaching and mentoring. You know, so the army does develop you into these roles, but when you go into these roles, if they are specialised, you'll get a civilian accredited qualification to go with that to prove you've got industry skills to go with it. Yeah. So, so your teaching and learning then led you to, 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 to be able to do this now, going out to the schools and trying to recruit and all that type of thing? That's a different part of it. I, was, I went away quite a lot um, and I was just wanting a bit more normal job, nine to five, and then they offered me a posting. So what me and John are on in this PID that we're in yeah. is something called a posting. So with most jobs, you'll get offered these as kind of two to three year postings where you can go down, do a different job, shake it up a bit, get a bit of different experience on a different side of the army. So it's like a secondment for me then, essentially, isn't it? I don't know what that is. Ah, <laughs> like you're posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're being borrowed to go and do something else, sort something out. You're exactly. Late, you go back or... Exactly it. So exactly. yeah, okay. me, me and John, we would go back to our uh, regimental duties after yeah. the posting's completed, but with wider experience. Like in this job, I found out so much more about the army in general, all yeah. those kind of careers that are available, than I would have if I didn't come to access. Yeah, yeah, so I can imagine. when it comes down to postings and stuff like that, every individual gets the opportunity to put a preference in of where they would like to go, where they see themselves, if that makes sense clearly. On someone's journey throughout the, their army career, they have to hit certain points at certain times to give them the necessary skill set, knowledge and experience, what future jobs they may obviously may want to end up in in the future, if that makes sense. But also at the same time, your own personal needs are also taken into consideration as well. So when you put your preferences in play in the careers management portal, as I say, everything gets looked at, including your scores, your grades, your qualifications, what you've done in the army, what you yeah. bring to the party, are you going to be able to work in that current job that you're going to be able to go into? And as I say, put everything together and essentially to decide where you're going to get posted. As I said, do you get your part to play in as well with your own uh, desk officer at the same time? Okay, so who, who looks after that then? Because obviously I have a manager at work yeah. who would kind of like do reviews with me and point out things I'm not quite doing well. Not that that happens a lot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, um, and then also will kind of like put me on a steer, right, I think this would be a really good thing for you to so, really do. That's a very good question. So essentially, obviously, clearly both of us, we do have line managers, so we do. 
and essentially we do report directly to them uh, with that. We get a sixth monthly review on our performance. They may give us some uh, pointers where we're going wrong, where we're going correctly, what to improve on, mm. what you're doing right, and various other things. Obviously, you also get a 12-month annual report as well with that at the same time. And as I say, um, when it comes to deciding your postings and stuff, it is all dealt with by your original careers management officer, your chain of command. You also have your own input and say into what happens as well at every stage on our different um, applications that we do use online. And we also get the opportunity to attend uh, webinars and also to speak to our own desk officers, uh, our own uh, cat badges, if that makes sense Mm -hmm. as well. So going back to uh, what Carl said earlier on, when we said about hopping in and out of our own regimental jobs and stuff like that. So for myself, uh, my own cat badge actually owns this current job I'm in, if that makes sense, because there's different job types with different uh, cat badges and various other things and placements. Right. Those other things are classed as postings, but other ones do actually belong to our own uh, course and cat badges. Okay. So you've both done courses and apprenticeships and bits like that. So going back to the apprenticeship side of things, though, where there's like over 200 different job roles you can kind of do. Yeah. Um, are there any most sort of popular apprenticeships that people kind of ask about or young people maybe when you're going into careers first talk to you about? Um, I think the engineering apprenticeships are always yeah. a popular one, aren't they? Like looking into the... All of them ask about the engineering, whether that's, you know, engineering and tradespersons or vehicle mechanics or electronics. You know, the Army offers a, a range. Everything with the job role will get lined up with it. So if you're going as an electronic technician, you'll get electrician's apprenticeship. If you're going yeah. as an aircraft maintainer, you'll get an aircraft maintainer's apprenticeship. If you're going as a tradesperson, you'll get construction apprenticeship. It all lines up with the job roles that, you know, the individual goes into. I'd say that's probably the most popular one is the engineering side. I'd say definitely Royal Engineers. With a lot of people into construction, uh, building buildings, doing bricklaying, mm-hmm. uh, metalsmith, various other jobs like that as well. Electrician, as I say, plumbing. plumbing. These are some of the big ones that people do tend to go around. Chefing as well is also quite high as well. Yeah. Money gender for people as well, along with that, I would say. And probably IT comms as well. IT's on the rise, so it is. And as I say, we do offer a wide range of MQN apprenticeship programs with that. And actually, the Royal Signals uh, do offer an abundance of MQN apprenticeship programs in several different uh, telecommunications specialists with job roles. Clearly, that's something with our industry partners and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, that's probably one of the top hitters, I would say, for MQN apprenticeship programs. But the other cat badges themselves, uh, to offer a wide range as well as I say the army's website does explain all great detail and obviously after we did start a process with someone we would start sending invitations to tell them what they're entitled to and various other things like that. Okay so for my from the ones you were saying to me that most of those sound like they're level two or level three. Yeah they so can progress on higher so they can if that makes sense. So the longer you stay the more you can actually achieve if that makes sense. So you start off getting your basic information, the more you study your skills, your knowledge and your experience rises, and clearly you start going to higher and higher qualifications, so that makes sense at the same yeah. time. It's the exact same with your management qualifications, you get your level three, level four, level five, next one is starting to work towards your degree and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. if you like to do so. And that's quite similar along all the other different jobs that the Army do offer as well, if that makes sense. So as I mm-hmm. say, no matter what, there's always clear progression, always help and support if you're willing to go and take things. The Army will give you the opportunity to help you with it with their education centres and various other things like that. Um, as I say, the Army is a place for learning and development. A smart thinking individual is more important than someone um, who essentially does not think necessarily think correctly. Educated people are quite important. The Army will help educate an individual that does join our organisation. I mean, that's why we spend a lot of time developing, nurturing everyone because we're a bottom-fed organisation, if that makes sense. <coughs> so that's why we look at everyone from the exact, uh, absolute junior soldier yeah. all the way up through their whole entire career, if that makes sense, constantly developing them, getting them skill set, knowledge, experience, 
qualifications that they can use in civilian life as well. And they're mm. recognised uh, with our industry partners and various other things as well. So no matter what, people are getting educated. So Chepra gets meaningful qualifications. And as I say, it's a very good thing. So um, as I say, we do spend a lot of time investing. So we are a people-first organisation, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you're moulding that unique person to become the best of them, isn't it? You know, it's, it's quite yeah, bespoke absolutely. for the individual by the sounds of what you're yeah. saying. So with the qualifications, then, so you've got level two, level three, four, Five. Yeah. Can and they go start to, to work. Can they get a degree? Yes, can do. Not every job goes up to a degree, but no. certain jobs do. Obviously, clearly, yeah. the management ones obviously can, if that makes sense. Other jobs, for instance, if you were an aircraft technician and various other things, absolutely, you can get. If you get to that point, yes, you can go and do that. Yeah. And various other things like that. As I say, some jobs can, some can't. As I say, they will all branch up quite high, if that makes sense. I mean, if you flatline in that current trade, your other trader catalog you may offer other ones as well at the same time so you can bring everything else into line but at the same time the army does offer money to go towards education and stuff like that as well yeah, yeah I was about to say, if you if the, if you find that your certain regiment or your certain the, the apprenticeship scheme that you're following on it doesn't go to the level you want it to achieve the army does offer funding for education um, so if that's something you wanted to seek inside of that regiment on your own you know every regiment has its own education center has its own um, army education centre attached to it. If it's yeah. not in the garrison, there'll be one that's localised to you. So, for example, you know we're in Luton. My closest one is in North Luckingham, but I still have a contact in North Luckingham to get in contact with if I wanted to go on um, a specific course or if I wanted to develop myself down a different route. That's mm-hmm. who you go to for advice to level up whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, so you've got a, a lot of avenues open to you. So when young people join, I've literally got any, so much open to them. I can't, even, I can't even put it into words how much it sounds like you've got Essentially, a very yeah. basic avenue. Yeah. As I say, they'll get MAS, English, public service qualifications. That all starts quite early on in people's career before they get loaded onto their major trade and the apprenticeship programme. Literally, before someone's even set foot in a normal working unit, the Army will have invested a lot of time and effort into educating and training people mm-hmm. and giving them meaningful qualifications, essentially, that they can carry with them. And the Essentially, if that makes sense. There's a lot that goes into it. And what age can young people join the Army? Uh, so essentially, we do have the Army's officer at Riddick College at Harrogate, yep. essentially, so people can go there uh, from age 16 up until 17, five, essentially. Um, it's an officer at Riddick College. That makes sense. It's a very excellent place for young people to go. Yeah. They do a bit of maths, English classroom work, various other activities, and team building exercises when they are there. While learning how to be a soldier at the same time. Yeah, as I say, it's a bit like the, mm. a little bit maybe like the public services yeah. qualification they offer via college. Obviously, that's more for like the police, army, and everything. Yeah. I do have to mention yeah. this. This is specifically <laughs> army. <laughs> they do get paid. This is better food. So yeah, as I said, they do get paid a wage for being there as well at the same oh, right. time, okay. which is really, really good. And adventure training. Yeah. And, get and they get annual leave and everything else as well. And all the other benefits of service, which I think we discuss a bit later on, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, are, you, yeah. are you finding you're getting a big uptake of young people starting off at that point and then they're going into the army? Oh, we've got two intakes for that every year, so we do. As, as I say, we do have a regular uptake for it. As I say, a lot of people do find it as a good journey uh, to start their life in the open world, where they, whether or not they want to get away from home or they want to meet and work with other people or they want to get into meaningful employment as soon as possible, start getting qualifications, start getting a paycheck, and start saving and various other things like that. So, yeah. yeah One of the big benefits of the army is it's not ageist. So you yeah. can start at, you know, 22 but you can start at 16, but you're still on 
new entry recruit pay. I'm not even 16 or 22 anymore, so <laughs> I'm still older than that. Got the <laughs> so so yeah. the pay is universal for everyone, and you know, it goes up with the rank structure and it goes up with the certain jobs you're in. For example, yeah. if you go in as intelligence corps, they get promoted to last corporal after training, same with the Royal Military Police. Mm. Uh, but for jobs like those, you need to join them after the age of 18, so you have to go in a senior entry group. Right. So okay. different job types as well, it's worth mentioning, uh, different supplement levels of pay as well. Okay, depending on what trade you're in, the more technical the job, the more higher your pay will be. And some yeah. of those are bound at one to four. Yeah. Um, obviously, as well, every year, before you get the correct grade in your annual report, you also get an incremental pay rise as well. As I say, so that's why it's important that you address any issues that you may or may not have in your six monthly report before you get your 12 monthly annual report. Clearly, success is based on merit. So, as I say, you get another bumper pay rise from that as well. Yeah, so it's quite nice. They let you kind of drive your own. Oh, absolutely. Like, so pay along the, and your own yeah. career path and stuff. So yeah. yeah. so there's a lot of as I say, if you needed to get any extra. There's a lot of different paths to go down as well, so they they do pride themselves in to the individual picking their own path. Well, this is why the number one at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. So in the world of apprenticeships then, we know there's something called off-job training, so OJT is I keep referring it to, so they've got to make a log of how much tra- learning they're doing via an apprenticeship. I, pre- I presume this is still happening so in the army, is it? We have a list and calendar everything you're kind of doing. Training. So our account budgets are probably different. So for myself, uh, we actually invite the examining board who were actually doing the MBQA apprenticeship programme, be, uh, be it with the Conscious Partnership or Babcock or some other type of company we're working with. Sure. We'll bring them in on camp and as I say, they will watch the professional soldiers conduct their uh, day-to-day training. It's all recorded down in notepads, journals and various other things. Clearly they'll have their other assessments and written work to do as well. Um, alongside of it, even photographs are taken as well as evidence to put all together in their workbooks and folders. Yeah, if that makes sense. As I say, that's how we do it. As I say, the individual individual leaders do come on as well uh, to camp specifically for my own uh, cap badge to uh, watch and witness all that as well. To make sure everything's recorded, so to make sure they get the correct uh, qualification at the end of it. Yeah, so they're kind of building how that. It's like a there. folder worth of all the coursework and stuff that they've yeah, done. Yeah, like, um, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, portfolio. Oh, that. Yeah, exactly, that's the exact yeah. one. So essentially, it all comes together, and as I say, that's how they end up getting their qualification okay. um, at the end of it. If that makes sense after all the evidence is gathered up. And so I've been seen and captured everything that they've done. Yeah, to be fair, very similar to John. Um, we have education centre on camp. They'll just, you know, if a few of us are at Tank Park or they know some of the people that are going through the apprenticeship are on camp, they'll invite them up to the Tank Park. They'll ask him to do some jobs yeah. on the vehicle because mine was mechanical engineering. Yeah. They'll ask me, for example, to change an air filter on a CVRT or they'd ask me to do some simple work on it. And, you know, the benefit with my one, because I'm much more of a hands-on person, is they would literally ask me to do it. I would do it as I'm doing it, you know, correct PPE, gloves, glasses, all that jazz. And they would just take photos of me going through it, and then they'd yeah. document those photos, and I would write under them what I'd done, why I'd done it, what PPE, you know, health and safety regs, and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. And that would be my documented experience. And they would just do that over the space of a year, and it would just build up that portfolio of me doing those mechanical engineering jobs, um, which would lead yeah. me into like the final assessment for And this is bringing the knowledge, skills and behaviour documented all the time. And mm-hmm. obviously things like health and safety, they keep getting you to They're do massive. those health yeah, and safety overnight, don't they? Yeah. 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 Even before you start touching anything, you know, barrier cream on your ass. Kind of jacket on, helmet yeah. on, gloves all on, all that good stuff, checking your surroundings. Because when you work on the coins as well, you could be working from heights as well, so you need to wear correct yeah, yeah. the correct footwear and various other things mm. as well. As I say, they're quite um, strict at picking you up for it and stuff like that. Absolutely, mm. rightly so. So, for you guys, then, what are your next steps in your career? What's next for you? Um, Onwards and upwards. 
Yeah, so as I say, I'll be returning to my mainstream unit. Not entirely sure what job I'm going to select yet on the cruise management portal, maybe um, an abroad posting, if that makes sense. But as I say, um, I will secure it around to my own personal maintenance to the next job I'm going to go into. Okay, yeah. exciting. <laughs> still, still very, very much undecided. But for me to return to, to regimental duties and kind of pick up where I left off, go back into the normal swing of things. Um, but again, the, the beauty of having this sort of career is that you can go back. You already understand after a few years of experience the different routes you can go down. But because yeah. I've done the six year, I think I'd like to get back into that side of the life. Nice, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I've heard quite a lot of perks, especially in the food, I'll say. But uh, what other sort of perks are there? So obviously, travel, you just about yeah. an overall posting. So um, 38 days a year of annual leave, free healthcare, medical, dental care. Um, as I say, the army is a job that will essentially work around you to the best of its ability to help you. Some people do have the opportunity to work at home as well, depending on what job role they are in. As I say, um, so there's a lot of benefits to service, including your education programs as well and various other things like that. As I say, it is a good job if you want to do self-development. Then we will help and support you through every step of the way. And there's an abundance of courses you can do, both military courses, civilian courses and various other things like that. So we've got a few things um, called standing learner credits. So once a year, we're entitled to use standing learner credits, things £175 that we are entitled to utilise towards something that would benefit us in the job or yeah. benefit us as individuals. For example, I've known people to go on like food tasting courses so that they could go back <laughs> Again to... Again with the food. I know, yeah, okay. straight back into <laughs> so that. When they're in you know, the sergeant's mess or the officer's mess, if they're picking dishes that they wanted to go down yeah. on a specific tasting course, just so that they know what they're looking out for. Mm. Um, uh, you've also got enhanced learning credits. Um, the enhanced learning credits are there for soldiers that have spent a bit of time in. So um, if you've done four years in, you're entitled to use a set amount of money towards courses. I know because I've been in nine and a half years, so plus six years, you get given three bouts of two grand. So every um, financial year, um, you get two grand to utilise for um, courses that you would like that specific on the LCAS website. Oh, okay, so yeah. it doesn't have to be the army specific, does it? If it benefits the service, that's great. But if you can put in justification to why you want to attend that course, how it's going to better you as an individual and how it's going to better your job, you in that job, then yeah. So if you wanted to go, I don't know, if you wanted to go on a massage course, say, if you're going to do something... If you're a PTI, that would be great, yeah. Yeah, if you go to a job, find a loophole for things. Exactly, yeah. If you're in a job role that's going to suit that qualification, absolutely. Okay. You know, sports therapy... Massive one. That's a super interesting oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Project yeah, management. Must be always getting hurt on the. Do you have assault courses? I've never been on that. Is it like the Krypton Factor assault courses back in the day? Uh, we still don't use them anymore. Or a but that makes sense. But like I said, everything is all um, risk mitigated, risk assessments and stuff are on play and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, so, so, so we still do assault courses. Very good luck. Um, so where can young people find out more? So obviously, what you've given us is a huge overview. Uh, I know you can't tell us about all the apprenticeships, but you've covered so many, like with, with the description of what you're saying. Um, but where can I find out more? Is there a set time that you guys, say you guys, the army advertise, or is it all year round, or where um, can they go? So the army recruit all year round. Yeah, yeah. constantly. As I say, if that makes sense. As I say, we are a bottom-fed organisation, if that makes sense. With that, all the information you will require is on the British Army's website, or quite simply, uh, you can pop into any of our career centres and come and talk to us. So if we're doing any uh, recruiting stands in town or anything, come up, say hello, have a chat. We'll tell you what options are available to you for university and the Q programmes, apprenticeship programmes. Or if you just want to find out more about the Army, what we actually do, um, absolutely just come and speak to us. 
So because you guys do work in a centre where people can come in to speak to you guys. Yeah, so everyone. If you just jump on, you know, if anyone was interested and they wanted to speak to somebody face to face, because it's so much easier to speak to people face to face. There's so a lot of information to come somebody's yeah. way. Isn't <laughs> yeah, there? So, exactly. Yeah. But we literally just jump onto Google, search local army career centre, give them a call, organise a time to go in and speak to them, and then yeah. you can speak to a uniformed soldier and yeah. their own experience. We can do PowerPoint presentations and stuff like that as well. People want to uh, see it at certain events or venues and stuff like that. It's not a problem doing it. The same time, we give out leaflets, brochures. Yeah. Uh, we can sign posts if necessary as well. So, so there's a lot of information out there we can get to people. Obviously, if someone was elected to join the army, obviously it's clearly their own personal journey. They should pick the job that suits them, what they're happy with. Yeah, and obviously you guys are helping us with our National Apprenticeship Week, National Careers Week as well. So they'll hear from you. I mean, last time we did it, like yours, your PowerPoint just went no, didn't they? Didn't want to play the video and stuff, oh, and you ended yeah. up like talking it all through. Yeah. And you were it's all in the head. <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. That was mad. Yeah. 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 As long as you know your subject and stuff like that, it's absolutely no dramas at all. Yeah. To say I can talk for hours on the end about the army. If it comes to it, singing everything off. <laughs> okay, so my final question for you guys then is, um, can I get three top tips for anybody who wants to start thinking about um, maybe joining the army or going into sort of like the armed forces in some way, shape or form? What tips would you guys give me if you've been there and bought the t-shirt? So you um, if you're going to go into one of the more technical trades, for example, I'm sure you get the correct GCSEs. Uh, for the job role that uh, you want to go into. Uh, yeah. so second one, don't get a criminal record or do anything illegal because it may affect no. what job roles you'll be able to go into. And the third one is research everything. It's not just jobs for now, but jobs for later. Every person should set short-term, medium-term and long-term goals and pick the things that are going to suit them in their life. As I say later on, any decision you make now will affect how good or great your life is going to be in the future, if that makes sense, because everything will all stack. And with that... Remember, it's slow little steps and progression. Yeah. Don't just jump straight to the top because you need all the skills, technology and experience with everything else you would have done lower down in order to um, potentially lead in the future. Absolutely agree with research, you know, in every aspect that there is, not just about the army, but about careers in general and your opportunities. It's just in the army, there are so many different streams that can come down. Yeah. Um, yeah, number two, I'll probably say small steps to big rewards. You know, it's never all going to happen at once. Yeah. And something that people don't realise is that things do take time, but the older you get, the quicker time goes and it will come around sooner rather than later. So yeah. take hold of those opportunities while they've got the chance to. Breathe a little bit, breathe a little bit. That's going to be my go. third and final. Breathe, yeah. take it easy. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's too serious. Everything happens in time. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for your time. It's been lovely to talk to you can't say thank you thank you for listening to today's episode of the inspiration station we hope you enjoyed if you did please don't forget to leave a review follow the podcast and turn on notifications to make sure you never miss an episode